Galatians in chapter 6. Galatians in chapter 6. There's a song that's sung, and it's, it's usually sung right around Easter time. I don't know all the words to it, but the title of it is, What a Difference a Day Makes. And it, one of the verses kind of go along with the, the story of the resurrection that, that the day after Jesus' death, and we don't know it for sure, but we see the... We, we can see the rulers and the ones that crucified Jesus and the ones that were excited about it. We can see them as excited and throwing a party. We can see the ones that were close to Jesus as, as surprised as they were about the resurrection. We can probably see them mourning the day after His death. But on that third day on what we refer to as Easter Sunday, what a difference a day makes from the day the, the before until that day whenever they realized and, and understood that Jesus had risen. Their attitude changed 180 degrees. What a difference a day makes in a soul that is saved. But at the same time, what a difference a day can make. What a difference a moment can make. And in of ourself and, and those of us that are saved in our walk with God. There's a lot of people that, that go through dedications and rededications and renewing of, of vows and promises and, and renewing themselves to Christ. And uh, there's an old song that's sung and and Ray Stevens said everybody got rebaptized after the Mississippi squirrel run through the congregation. And there's a lot of people that go through and, and get redone and, and re-overed. My Bible teaches me that whenever I'm saved, I'm saved. But my Bible also teaches, and we read this morning in Luke, that we are to deny ourselves daily. We must rededicate ourselves daily to God. Because if we don't, well, let's go ahead and read it. Galatians chapter 6, verse number 3. Galatians 6, verse number 3. For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to gather in your house this afternoon. God, we thank you for the wonderful songs, God, the gifts that you bestowed upon those in the church, God, and the, the willingness that they have to use those gifts. God, we thank you for them. We thank you for the way that, that words and, and music and songs can minister to our heart, God, the way that you use them. Lord, I pray that you'd help us as we open your word, God, that we could open our hearts. We wouldn't find ourselves guilty of deceiving ourselves, God, but we could truly deny ourselves daily. God, that we could rededicate ourselves each and every day to serving you, to submitting ourselves unto you, God, to seeking your will in our life. Lord, most of all, that we might be able to reach some of the lost in our community, in our family, in our church. Lord, I pray that you'd help us tonight that we could relight that fire under each and every one of us. God, that we could have a revival in our hearts. God, that we could be exactly what you would have us to be. Forgive us if we fail you. Thank you most of all for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. There's a lot of ways that, that we can deceive ourselves and one of them is thinking, is thinking to ourselves that we don't need to rededicate or, or to renew ourselves to God every day. If we think that we got it, that's exactly when we don't. I got a book, I don't know, several weeks ago. It's a hardback book of the old Uncle Remus stories for Bailey. And Emily, she'd never heard of Uncle Remus. And she was sitting there reading some of them to her and it made an awful lot of sense. And they were about bear rabbit. and Papa used to read them to us all the time. And most of the time, those stories had a point to them. And one of the stories was the, the tortoise and the hare, the turtle and the rabbit. And whenever that rabbit just thought he just, he just, had, it, he just had it won, he had it done. 
He laid down under a tree and sacked out. And that was it. Whenever he thought he knew it, whenever he thought he had it, whenever he thought it was done, that's when he was finished. That's when he lost the race. That's whenever he deceived himself. If we ever get to the point and we read again in Proverbs this morning, if we ever get to the point that we lean into our own understanding, if we think that I got it, if I think that I can do it, then that is exactly where we where we go wrong. Because without God, I can't do it. Without God, I can't understand it. Without God, I can't wrap my head around it. Without God, I can't handle it. And if we can find ourselves in that position more times than we find ourselves in a position of, I am me, I am there. When we're reading the Old Testament about Goliath, that man denied, uh, excuse me, that man defied the armies of Israel. He was a giant and he stood some way up yonder tall. And whenever he stood up, everybody just kind of looked around at him. I've walked beside some of the Louisiana Tech football players in the cafeteria and I'm just looking up at them. And, and I'm not a short guy, but I was standing there looking up at them. And they were, they were big people. In the Old Testament, Goliath defied the armies of Israel just because of his outward appearance. It had nothing to do with who was with him. It had nothing to do with how many battles he had won, how many he had, how much he had fought. We don't read anything else about him before this in the Old Testament. He defied the armies of Israel based on his outward appearance. And you know the only thing the armies of Israel were thinking with? They were sitting there thinking within themselves. He's bigger than I am. I can't whoop him. That's, that's no doubt what was going through their mind. I've never been a fighting person, but I did watch the Rocky movies. And whenever he went up against somebody bigger than him, it just made him fight harder. God don't tell us to only go up against problems that we know we can handle. I can't find that anywhere in the Bible. God don't tell us to take the easy route to choose the smaller foe. Paul tells us to run the race. We are to fight regardless because God plus one is the majority every time. And whenever we begin to think that, that we can't do it, that is, that is us deceiving ourselves again. That is us getting inside our own head. No doubt you've heard the term, you are your own worst enemy every time. We can get inside our head and then whenever something gets too big for us to handle, we have messed up because it's not for us to handle Jesus said, cast your cares upon him. Amen. Jesus said, take my yoke. Papa used to have a bunch of them yoke hanging, hanging around his house. And as kids, we always had to ask what they were. I didn't know. And what that allows, it allows two animals to share the same load. We're not to bear our burdens alone. There's a song about that. We're not supposed to. We can't. Whenever we do, we get hung up. We get sidetracked. And I've watched a few videos with my ag classes on how they used to plow with mules and yokes and, and even oxen or cows. And My uncle, he's got a team of oxen that he's trained to plow. Them. And you watch them videos and whenever one goes wrong or trips and falls, then the other one stops, waits patiently for the other one to get back up, for the other one to catch up because they're sharing that burden. But if you put a yoke on one, one animal and you tie that harness to both sides of that yoke, that one animal is not going to be able to function with that yoke. 
It's not going to happen. He's going to have one side, he's pulling good, and that plow is going to turn. If you got one animal on the left, no animals on the right. That animal on the left, that plow is going to turn, and it's going to want to take off this direction. It's not going to be able to go straight. It is not going to be functional. And if we think that we can handle our problems on our own, then we are not going to be functional as a church. If we think that we can do it by ourselves, if we think that we can handle it, Anybody ever? Anybody ever bragged about being He Man? The old movie, I think it was the Little Rascals. The name of their club was the He Man Woman Haters. That's what it was, because they was He Men. They had it. We can be the scrawniest, littlest, weakest there is. He didn't say that whenever David beat Goliath, he didn't say that he did it with his muscles. He didn't say that he did it. He said that he put off the armor that Saul offered him. He didn't say that he did it through tricks or magic. He didn't say that he cheated. Although kids in school will tell you if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. He did it by the help of God. And that's it. If we get to the point that we see something out there, we see an obstacle, we see a mission field that is entirely too much for me, then we've already messed up. It's not about me. The Bible says, and it's all over people's football helmets and pad. The verse, it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That is a beautiful promise from God. But that verse allows a lot of people to deceive themselves. Because they'll put that verse on their football helmet. They'll put that verse on their baseball helmet. They'll put that verse on the bumper of their car. And then they'll leave Christ out of it. If we get up in the morning and we forget to ask God to help us through the day, that don't mean that God won't help us through the day. That means that we're entering into our day unprepared. If we go into a fight like Daniel, excuse me, David did, and we begin running up that hill, but we don't do it in the name of God, if we're unable to tell that giant that problem that I come to you with the God of Israel, I come to you in the name of my Heavenly Father, I come to you prepared by God, if we're unable to say that, then we're entering into the day completely and totally unprepared. The Bible talks about the armor of God several times over again. And it goes through each individual piece, and we're not going to take the time this afternoon. But it is very, very easy to deceive ourselves whenever we think ourselves to be something without the armor of God. If David would have put on the armor that Saul offered him, would he have still defeated the giant? It's a trick question. We don't know. If David would have put on the armor that Saul had offered him, that would have made him dependent upon that armor. That would have made him trusting in that armor. David trusted in something no doubt nobody else on that battlefield had. And that was total and complete faith in God. Whenever we encounter problems in our life, what do we trust in? Anybody sleep with a gun beside their bed? How about a Bible? Whenever problems come, do we hit our knees or do we grab a shotgun? Whenever problems come, do we ask God for help? Or do we grab a hold to it and bow up on it and try to do it our own self? After all, we're men. We can't be seen as weak. There's a verse 
It's quoted all over the place. It's not a, a verse in the Bible. It's just a little one-liner. It says that I'm strongest when I'm on my knees. And that is the truth. Because as strong and as hard and as tough and as big as we may be, without God, we're nothing. Without God, we're like Goliath that's going to get hit in the head by a rock and fall over dead. Without God, we can't amount to nothing. We can't do nothing. We're not going to accomplish anything. And we're going to do nothing but go through our life unprepared, disconnected, unable to be used of God, and deceiving ourselves. Because we become our own worst enemy. I wrote down eight individual things that throughout the last couple of months that just kind of come across my mind. Eight different ways that people all too many times deceive themselves. Eight different ways that sometimes I'm even guilty of deceiving myself. I want to go through and read you a few of these. Number one is I deceive myself whenever I think I'm good enough. I told you a story about how J.T. Thomas was Never satisfied about how good we did at baseball. Never. I pitched two no-hitters in my career. That was never good enough for him. It wasn't. Because whenever it's good enough, that's when we stop growing. If we ever find ourselves to, to think that we are good enough as a Christian, then we need to stop and we need to reevaluate. We need to reevaluate our relationship with God. Because if we think we're good enough, we're not. That's whenever we begin to think of ourselves as something. If we ever think of ourselves as, as close enough to God that I can stop working at it, then we're good enough. If we think of ourselves as, as knowing the Bible back to front, good enough, I don't have to study anymore, then we're wrong and we need to reevaluate our relationship with God. In the movie, God is not dead. The man that, that is the antagonist, the bad guy in the movie, he says some of your most profound atheists used to be your most studious Christians. There are people that don't believe in the Bible that have memorized it back to front, front to back, and quote the entire thing to you. Yet they're not saved because quoting the Bible does not get you there. They think they're good enough because they have memorized Scripture. Memorizing Scripture does not make you closer to God. Memorizing Scripture is a tool that the Holy Spirit can use through us. But we have to be close to God in order to do that. Otherwise, remembering Scripture... It's not going to benefit us if we think that we are good enough and we don't have to do it anymore. At no point in time are we good enough. This afternoon we had choir practice and we was up here singing. All of my life I have sung the, the love of God. All of my life. At Forest Haven it was the, it was almost every Sunday that was a song that we sung. Is either that or Mansion Over the Hilltop. Every Sunday morning. You could write it down. And all of my life I sung that song and we just went and Miss Elfie pointed it out. We went right on across. And we didn't go down on the scroll every time. And I can hear it in the piano. I know what I'm supposed to do. But I've never, ever heard it sang that way. And so as a force of habit, we right on along the top. Stay even. We don't, we don't go down right there. Heaven's really gonna shine is the same way. That bass note that's the gonna in between the two and the verses, a hard one to hit because that's something that we've always done. If we always done something and we consider it to be good enough, then we're never going to grow. If you stop trying to learn whenever you can read at the second grade level, then how much are you going to amount to whenever you get to be a senior in high school? 
When I was in first grade, we learned sight words. And we looked at words and we had to remember what they, what they were. And I can still remember them because I memorized the list. I can tell you what was on the list, but my hands covered my face. We said them things to blame much. But by the time I got to third grade, it was no longer good enough to remember sight words. Then I had to learn phonics. Then I had to learn pronouns and adjectives and all that other mess that I thought was very unimportant at the time. If we stop learning at the level we're at now, we're never going to get where God wants us to be. And we're deceiving ourselves. Because God can only use someone who is willing to grow. Another scripture we read this morning, Jesus said, I will make you fishers of men. There's no doubt in my mind that those disciples were not at any point in time prior to Jesus calling them completely and totally prepared to follow Jesus. There's a verse that's often said, and I've been guilty of it myself, is God does not call the qualified. He qualifies those who He calls and are submissive enough to grow. God does not always call someone and use someone who is always 100% prepared. God calls them, and if they are willing, He prepares them. And if we are unwilling to grow, if we are unwilling to be prepared, then we will not be qualified. Allow me to read a few of the people in the Bible that deceived themselves because they thought that they were good enough. They thought that they were where they needed to be. They thought of themselves to be something. They got tempted and they got separated from God. Jacob was a cheater. Peter denied Christ. David had an affair and Noah got drunk. Paul was a murderer. Gideon was insecure. Miriam was a gossiper. Thomas was a doubter. Martha was a worrier. Sarah was impatient. Mary Magdalene was astray. Moses stuttered. Zacchaeus was short. Abraham was old. And Lazarus was dead. Yet God used them. Just because we get hung up in ourselves and mess up just because we have a past, just because there's something in our life that is less than perfect does not mean that God can't use us. But we've got to get to the point that, that we're no longer hung up with me, that we're no longer deceiving ourselves, that we don't think ourselves to be something. Peter thought himself to be something. The man came to the garden to take Jesus. He whooped out his sword, chopped his ear off. He said, Jesus, I, I'm going with you. I'll take care of you. I'll protect you. Jesus said, put away thy sword. Peter thought he was there. He deceived himself. Jesus told him on one occasion, he said, get thee behind me, Satan. Because Peter thought that he was something. Peter thought that he was there. <coughs> Another way that people deceive themselves, and I'm going to go ahead and read the other seven to you. People deceive themselves whenever we think that, whenever someone thinks that he can save himself. People deceive themselves whenever they think that they cannot know for a fact that they're saved. People deceive themselves if they think that they must be, that they must wait until they're better off for God to use them. People deceive themselves whenever they think, well, it's not my fault 
Bible says it all of sin to come short of the glory of God. People deceive themselves whenever they think that there is more to salvation, that there is more to living for God. People deceive themselves whenever they whenever they think that there'll be another time, that there'll be extra time, that I can serve God later, that I can be saved later, that tomorrow is better than today. Why put off tomorrow what you can get done today? Procrastinating is you believing God owes you another day to do tomorrow what you should have did today. Procrastinating is believing that God owes you that. He don't. Why put off today what we could have done? Excuse me. Why put off till tomorrow what we could have done today? Whenever we think about serving God, why wait till tomorrow? Whenever we think about being saved, why wait till tomorrow? We deceive ourselves in the work of God and in salvation. Anybody ever know someone that overcomplicated everything? There are people every day that overcomplicate salvation. There's more to it. There are religions that overcomplicate salvation. Well, you got to go to confession and then you got to get sprinkled as a baby. You got to believe in Jesus. Well, you got to give the church this much money and you got to read it. No, you got to believe in Jesus. You got to go on a pilgrimage here. You got to go here and do this. You got to do that. You got to live this way. You got to believe in Jesus. It don't get any harder. It don't get more complicated. And whenever we begin to add things to it, then we are deceiving ourselves. But if we're not careful, we'll do that after salvation. What does it take to be a Christian? This morning we read about three people that defeated evil. And they were considered, or at least now we consider them to be Christians. Jesus defeated Satan with the Word of God. So in order to be a Christian, we need to read and study, thus saith the Word of God. And we'll be able to withstand what? The fiery darts of the devil. The next was Elijah. He defeated the prophets of Baal, but how? Through his faith in the power of God. Being a Christian, our faith does not end at salvation. We can't get saved without it. But our faith don't end there. If our faith ends at salvation, then we might as well hang it up. Salvation is the start. Salvation is the birth. It is nothing but but growth after that. If we stop at salvation, if we stop believing, if we stop growing, if we stop trying to be, if we stop trying to be a Christian, and that means to be Christ-like. Christ never stopped growing. He never stopped helping. He never stopped preaching. Even from the cross, He never stopped forgiving. Even after the cross, He never stopped helping people. Even today, He sits at the right hand of God interceding for us. He still hasn't stopped. Through faith in God, we can become a Christian that we should be. The third that we talked about this morning. Serve God through obedience. Whenever Joshua marched around Jericho, the walls fell because Joshua obeyed him. The walls fell because Joshua did exactly as God wanted him to. There are things in our life that, that may hinder us and 
Deceiving ourselves is oftentimes one of them. But there's no wall that God can't bring down. There's no hindrance that God can't bring down. You know anyone with a wall put up around them that you can't reach? God will bring that wall down. You know someone that, that you just cannot get Jesus across to them? God has to bring that wall down. If I go over there and I take my Bible, and, and it's a study Bible, it's heavy, and I whoop them over the head until they say, oh, I believe, I believe, I believe. That's not salvation. That is submission because they don't want to get whopped again. We can't whoop Jesus in anybody. We can't force Jesus in anybody. We can't force anybody to listen to us. Bailey's not that old yet. But as a kid, I remember friends sitting on the ground, putting their hands over their ears and screaming to the top of their lungs. I've seen it several times. And these kids just screaming and kicking in the middle of the grocery store and their mama saying, whose child is this? They don't want to play it. That kid is refusing to listen. Adults do that too. Adults don't always put their fingers in their ears and kick and scream and holler. But adults refuse to listen too. It is not our job to beat Jesus into someone. It is our job to present Jesus to them. And if we do it in any other way than lovingly, then we're deceiving ourselves because we're thinking we have something to do with it. If I whoop somebody with my Bible, then I'm in the right. It don't take me for somebody to receive Jesus. It takes God. It takes the Holy Spirit to deal with them. And if I begin to, to witness to other people, if I begin to be a missionary just to make me feel better, then I'm doing it wrong. I'm deceiving myself. Yep. I'm telling them that there's something else with salvation, that there's something added on, that it has to come from me. It don't. We're deceiving ourselves. If I put money in an offering plate to make myself feel better, I'm doing it wrong. I'm deceiving myself. If I show up for choir practice to make me feel better, or because I want everybody to know how great and wonderful I can sing, I'm doing it wrong. If I show up and cut the grass because I want to see how, I want to make sure everybody knows how good a job I do, then I'm going to miss a blessing because I'm deceiving myself. If I do something in the church so everybody can see how good off I am, if I donate something to church because I want everybody to see how good I am, then I'm doing it wrong. And I'm deceiving myself because it's not about me. And whenever we get to that point, that's when everyone can be a Christian for God. Whenever we quit deceiving ourselves, it's not about me. It's about God. It is about the work of God. It is about reaching out to a community that is lost, and, and the world has a hooks in it. It's everywhere. And they need the love of God. How do we present Jesus to someone that don't want to hear about Jesus? How do we do it? Because we can start thinking and we can brainstorm and we can write it all down. And if we do that, we're doing it wrong. We have to ask God to help us. If there's someone that, that you can't get across Jesus to, ask God to help you. Because God will take that wall down. If there's someone that, that that with all of your heart you just can't quite get over to, God didn't say to whoop it into them. God said to be a witness. I will be a witness. In Bible school several years ago at Live Hope Church, their Bible school was on witness. And there were three things that the lady said and we, there was a song about it that somebody had wrote up there. The notes were in squares and circles and rectangles and my mom just had a fit with it. But he said there was three different types of witness. It's the type that you say. It's the type that you do. 
and it's the type that you inspire in others. And that's the three types of witnesses that she said that there was. Is that you tell people about Jesus. You live out what the Bible says in your life and allow people to see Jesus in you. And then your life inspires others to live out the Word of God. That is the three types of witnesses she said. And it made an awful lot of sense to me. Because if my life is going to live for Jesus, then I've got to say, do, and inspire others what Jesus said. And if we don't, we're deceiving ourselves. If we're doing it for me, we're deceiving ourselves. If we're doing it for for our people around us to see and to look at, then we're deceiving ourselves. If we dress up for church to see how pretty everybody else says I am, then I'm doing it wrong. We're to present our best to God. If we're singing because we want somebody else to pat us on the back, we're doing it wrong. We're deceiving ourselves because we are to present our best worship to God. If we are reading and studying our Bible to prove somebody else wrong, we are deceiving ourselves because we're to read and study because God told us to. Because these are the words of God. Because this is our defense against the world, against Satan. Let's be very careful not to deceive ourselves. Not to get hung up in what I want, what I need, what I can do, and what I can accomplish. Because what I can accomplish is absolutely, totally, and completely nothing without God. Whenever we realize that, then we can be a disciple of Christ. Then we can be used of God. Whenever we get me out of the way and say, God, use me. The Bible says to deny ourselves daily. Take up our cross and follow Him. And then we'll reach a point that we can follow God without deceiving ourselves. While we have a verse of a song.